All right, before I get to my next guest, Jack Deal, I want to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Finn Cycles. It's time to rethink golf. The game is at a tipping point. The young people we need in the game don't have four and a half hours to spend out on the course. Pairing Finn Cycles with a desire to play ready golf can cut playing time in half because all golfers go directly to their own golf ball. Plus, it's tons of fun. Go online to finscooters.com and click on Find a Finn for a course that has them near you. I also want to give another shout-out to our friends over at the McLemore. The McLemore Mountaintop community rests atop the highlands of Lookout Mountain, Georgia, overlooking historic McLemore Cove and Pigeon Mountain. Surrounded on all sides by state and national parks, historic land districts, and private land trusts, the resort features an 18-hole Reese Jones and Bill Bergen championship course, a gated residential community, and a planned clubhouse opening in the fall of 2020, plus planned hotel and conference center. The dramatic 18-hole course is made up of a variety of golf experiences, combining canyon holes, highland holes, cliff edge holes that are well-suited for the beginning golfer as well as the senior player. McLemore also offers a wonderful six-hole short course called the Karen. Designed by Bill Bergen, the Karen provides players with a short warm-up or cool-down before or after a round, or a relaxing way to improve one's game with family and friends. McLemore is located a short driving distance from Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville, Birmingham, and Huntsville, and just 35 minutes from downtown Chattanooga, voted number one best town in America two years in a row by Outside Magazine. While a private course, McLemore offers stay-and-play packages for guests in club-managed properties, as well as a number of membership opportunities, including social memberships, non-resident memberships, and corporate memberships as well. For more information, please visit McLemore online at themclemore.com or give them a call at 800-329-8154. All right, now back in making his fourth appearance with me is Class A PGA professional Jack Deal. Let me remind you about Jack's background. He's from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, started caddying at the age of 11, earned his Bachelor of Arts degree at the University of Scranton, where he was a member of their golf team and the founder of their ski club. After college, Jack moved to Chicago, where he started playing in amateur tournaments. He's played on the Space Coast, Tommy Armour, and PGA Tours. After turning 50, he played on the Moonlight Tour. Jack has been a Class A PGA professional at courses like Myrtle Beach National, the Landfall Club in Wilmington, North Carolina, Rhodes Ranch Country Club in Las Vegas, Legend Trail Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona, Rio Grande Golf and Resort in South Fork, Colorado, Magnolia Creek Golf Club in League City, Texas, and now at Greystone Golf and Country Club in Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm very excited to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Jack, how are you, my friend? I am doing well, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. You know what I like about coming on your show is I always get to be around these great people like Mr. Sessinghouse and Mr. Stankowski. Jeez, you're really up my game just, just by hanging around those guys. (laughs) <laughs> you kidding me, Jack? You're at the top of the list, my friend. Goodness knows. Uh, all the great golf courses that you have been a PGA professional at across the across the country. Man, what a fantastic career you've had. Talk, catch us up. What's been going on with you? It's been a minute since we had you on the show. What's, what's your 2020 been like? Yeah, I, I've been blessed. Um, just before this COVID uh, pandemic, I made a change to move from uh, Houston, Texas area, which uh, I'm sure a lot of people really enjoyed it. But, you know, we had a, I don't know if I can say this on air, it was uh, 
Uh, we had a tournament called Harder Than Hades. <laughs> and it was. It, it was in August. And it was hotter than Hades. <laughs> I had changed that word. I, I'm glad I thought of it. But uh, uh, now I'm in Birmingham. And, you know, I moved here in the middle of the night. Well, I arrived here in the middle of the night. And I'm driving this big box truck with a trailer. And I'm looking to the left, and there's nothing there. It's just darkness. And I find out the next day that there was a cliff. All I had to do was just catch an edge like in skiing. And, man, I was off the cliff. I was toast. Wow. This is a beautiful area. I had no idea Birmingham was so gorgeous with all the mountains and the ravines and the, the, the changes in, in, in uh, like I'm trying to say altitude, but just the changes in the topography. Uh, Greystone has, has holes that go up and down hills. We didn't have that in Texas and Florida and those places. It's awesome. So, yeah, Jack, let, let our listeners know about your new home course, Greystone Golf and Country Club. It's it hosts the region's tradition, which is a major out on the Champions Tour, and you've got two distinctly different golf courses there, right down to the different types of grass on each course. Talk about uh, what you've got there. Absolutely, the legacy, which is uh, Zoysia, Zoysia Fairways, and it's, it's, I mean, it's when you drive down the fairway and the, the golf cart wobbles left and right. It's uh, quite an experience. You think there's something wrong when you go down the first hole, and by the time you get to the third hole, you really don't feel it, but it's an entirely different golf course, as you said. We've got members that just like to play at the Legacy. It's a warmer, it's a smaller clubhouse, and everybody, you know, all the members know each other anyway. We're a very friendly uh, facility uh, club. Um, it's, and that's the best part of, of, of all of the golf courses. The Founders, which is back to Bermuda and that sort of thing, and uh, the old-fashioned the old uh, golf course, which is where they play the regions. Uh, that golf course is, is, is just what it is. It's again, a beautiful clubhouse that has weddings and always has something going on, whether it's, uh, having popsicles outside, selling popsicles outside just to get people to come out and have fun. And I think that's the thing that, that, that the one thing I got to say about having been there since only February is that they adapted. They did incredibly well. Instead of saying, okay, well, you can't go out, you can't come to the club, tell you what we're going to do. We did grab-and-go dinners. We're still doing them. We were doing 80 grab-and-go dinners plus per night. And the members wow. would stop by and take it off. I mean, it was just amazing. And, you know, that, that really helped the club. And that's what they were doing. They were supporting their club. And we came up with an idea of, uh, uh, I guess it was, was uh, one of the, one of the, the members of, of, the, of the committee uh, came up, the Board of Governors came up with an idea that why don't we do sunset cruises? So when we had one golf course open and the other one closed, on the closed golf course, we had sunset cruises that you would go out with your golf cart and we'd give you a little something to drink on the way and maybe you'd bring some tapas with you and go out and have some fun and just a romantic little cruise around the neighborhood in the golf course. I mean, and we ended up having people that were social members really enjoy the golf course and consider changing their membership to golf membership. It was fantastic. And, you know, we've been blessed. We've taken on everything that was thrown at us, and we've remained open, and we've been doing, I, I don't know the numbers, but it's got to be close to 150% of what we've done the year before. Uh, we've just been busier as can be, and the members are loving it. Uh, 
We had a challenge with the Regions tournament. We were really missing that terribly. But, you know, we rolled with the punches, and this past weekend, which, which one, of, one of my members says, geez, I'm going to go play golf uh, since Freddie's not here. <laughs> and I was like, who? <laughs> oh, yeah, it would have been the Sunday of the region. And we had just finished having a member-member, the inaugural fall member-member, where we sold out in like a half an hour. And everybody wow. had a great time. We, it was the first time the members played to the same idea and the same rules and the same setup and the same contest as our member guests. And they, and they, they loved it. And our member guest, by the way, is the largest member guest in the state of Alabama. Wow. That's impressive. So, so Jack, you've got such a great layout there for, for people that, I mean, not, not a lot of memberships get an opportunity to play on a golf course that, that hosts a major, right? I mean, there's only so many of those. Talk about right. the members that actually get to go out on the founder's course and get to play. When I was looking at the golf course online, it, it essentially looks like you could host a major at a moment's notice. So if the regions were, were to get rescheduled or what have you, right, that that course is always in championship shape. Talk about the opportunity to go out there and play that on a weekly basis. Well, it's amazing. Our, our crew, that our maintenance crew is just unbelievable, unbelievable. Brody and Hunter and the rest of the gang that are working on it all the time, they're just amazing the way that they are up taking care of things. We make a call on the radio and they're Johnny on the spot taking care of it. You know, a lot of places will, will scratch up a certain area just off of a cart path and throw some seed and hopefully maybe some of it will take. This place doesn't fuss around. They go right over and just put some sod in inside that area and make sure it gets plenty of water and it grows and it, it thrives. Uh, it's just a great golf course. And the people that come there, the our membership, and when they bring a guest, they're just so excited to be there, not just because of the regions that are being played there, but because it's in immaculate condition. Our greens roll from 12 to 13, and sometimes too quick, but it's awesome. And it's just amazing the condition that the golf course is in. And every day, we're back at it again. We have 12 locations, pin sheet locations. And so we move it around all over the place so no one area gets beaten up. Everything is nice and smooth and contoured. They, they, over the weekend, they, they cut and rolled the greens, and they were quick. They were, it's just so much fun. And you hit a good golf shot, you get a good result. You hit the ball in the rough, if the regions were going to be played this September, we were thinking maybe they're going to see a little bit different golf course because that rough is a little bit more, uh, uh, strong. It's, it's really thick in the fall versus in the spring when it's a little bit sparse. And Jack, I want to get your perspective because you've been an instructor at different courses all across the country. Talk about how playing the game is different in different regions because the ground is harder in some areas. It's wetter in some areas. You get wind in some areas. You get more humidity in the south. You get a drier air in Arizona. You get you know, higher elevations in Colorado. Talk about how you have to adapt your game to fit the region you're playing in. Geez, the guy that just left, Mr. Stan Cowley, who just left the building, would have loved to answer this. Um, one of the things that I'm really a proponent of, because I really like to work on the short game, 
is that you have to have, like the touring professional, more than three wedges. You've got to have an arsenal of six, or you should have an arsenal of six wedges if you can, that have different bounces, different lofts, and different setups for, as you said, that, that golf course that's a little dry versus that golf course that, that, that's a little lush where the ball sits down in the fairway. So you've got different shots that are going to be played. It's not just a question of, of moving the ball position, but it's also making sure you have the right equipment for the right golf course. And your, your, your PGA professional can help you with that. So please stop in your PGA professional and find the answers to those questions. And talk about dealing with, with distance because with different air conditions, like I mentioned, you know, desert air in Vegas and Arizona, different than maybe the thinner air as you play up in Colorado, different than the humidity that I'm sure that you dealt with in Houston and now in Alabama. Talk about being able to dial in your distance because it's going to be different playing in those different areas. Absolutely. And I was in Colorado just long enough to lose 30 yards when I returned to Houston. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, I just stopped, uh, finishing on the left side and hitting the ball hard. I was able to just cut the ball and let it fly forever in Colorado. Then you come down and you're, you're down to your, uh, below sea level in Houston. And it's like, well, ball doesn't quite fly. Where did that 30 yards go? And it's been a challenge for me, and it's been one of the best things that's ever happened to me, teacher-wise, for me to go through this. And I've had to go find other guys that can help me with that. And i got to tell you, one of the guys that helped me was a, was a, a Brian, Brian Mobbs, who was a great player. And he had three tips for longer drives. And I'll tell you what, it made a big difference to me. So I was really, really happy to find some things that I need to do. And I had been a, become a proponent of making sure that the right hip was in the right position at impact. Well, now I'm also awake. That's a great idea if you've got everything else going for you. But if you've got something like maybe you're not really posting on that left side and turning and getting that left side to kind of popping up in the ball and use, use, use the earth as a, as a, as a tool to, to, to get your legs moving into the ball, well, getting your right side in the right position isn't going to work. got to have it all together. And I guess that's the one thing that maybe your your listeners would need to hear is that, you know, when you're working with your professional, he gives you one drill to do. Remember that that drill is going to take care of one challenge you have in your golf swing. Once you incorporate that, it's time to go find out what's next because you've got to have a complete swing, not just what that one drill is helping you with. So, Jack, let's switch gears a little bit. And I want to get some playing lessons and thoughts from you and, and really kind of going back for, for junior, uh, junior students that are coming to see you. Because when you're looking at a new student, I know when I first started playing the game, my starter set had sort of the odd number of clubs. I had a three, five, seven, nine, had a pitch and wedge and a putter. When you start with a brand new student, are, are, do you want them to have a full bag? Do you want them to have the long irons? Do you want them to have hybrids instead? Talk about how you get a junior player to start out and what you want their golf set to look like. Sure. The, uh, in the beginning, all I need them to have is a putter, a 7-iron, a 9-iron. That's going to be to the right size for them. Because all I want them to do is hit a putt, hit a putt, hit a putt, start making some, move back a little bit different, a little bit greater distance. And now we're going to go off the green, hit a couple putts, and then I'm going to change that putter 
at just before you make your stroke, I'm going to change it into a nine iron. You're going to make a putting stroke, and the ball's going to go in the air, and you're going to have one of the most defining times and moments in the golf game. You didn't go down to help it get up. You didn't lift up to elevate it. You didn't get under it, and you didn't hit down on it. You just made a putting stroke with a golf club that had more loft than your putter, and you saw it go in the air. And you got to remember that throughout your golf career, you don't have to help it. Just let the golf club do its work. Get it in a position that's at so that it can. And that's the rest of your golf game. After they've, I've been through a number of lessons with them, then we start getting into uh, uh, maybe taking it back to 9 o'clock, the left arm, a point 9 o'clock to our right. Uh, and then maybe 10 o'clock. And then finishing to 4 and 3 and 2 and then a full swing. And at that point, it's now time to go. If you can perfect the 9-iron and the 7-iron, now it's time for you to get out and start playing. And, you know, that, that doesn't have to take six months to get there. But if you don't practice, it's going to take six months to get there. And I think that's the most important thing that people should realize is that when you take lessons, you're going to improve because you're spending a half an hour, an hour with a professional that's going to help your golf game. You're going to actually practice. And just that practice alone is going to help. And then you're under a, the guided eyes of a PGA professional that's teaching professional, then you're just going to improve and improve and improve. And uh, I, I do like the kids getting into the U.S. kids sets as early as possible, but that's not always financially. And I don't like the idea of taking somebody's stiff shaft and cutting it down. But when it's just a seven iron and nine iron and you're just chipping, it's okay. After that, you like the game. It, now it's time to, to to go feed that desire to play the game of golf and to keep the child's interest. And Jack, as you mentioned, taking that putter and putting a nine iron in their hands, and you know, letting the loft of the club get the ball up in the air, and we're not scooping it and all that sort of thing, right? One of the things I know when I was a junior player, and and some of the things my father and my instructor uh, put into my head is let the club do the work. Let the club get the ball up in the air. Let the club, you know, hit the distance. You know, don't try to kill it and, and that sort of thing. Well, now we see Bryson DeChambeau, and that's all he's doing is trying to kill it. Is it Has the game and the instruction changed? Is he forcing the change? Talk about how it's sort of a different game than when, at least when I was a kid, maybe when you were a kid as well, um, how that instruction has evolved to what we're seeing now. Yeah, I, I know he's going at it as hard as he can, but I don't see him, you know, doing a happy Gilmore, starting five feet behind, running up to him, and maybe he gets <laughs> two miles an hour movement, you know, by, by, by doing that. I think he's still within the realm of, of, of teaching himself. I think he's, he's a lot more controlled than he's willing to say he is. I, I remember when Tiger used to grunt every once in a while when he used to hit it, and I, I just thought that he was just showboating. The ball was already gone when he grunted. I just thought that, you know, he had a good swing and he felt good and confident and he felt he could do that. I think he was amazing because one of the things I cannot do is I can't start the downswing and stop. He can do that. I could never do that. Um, you know, there's different different talents that, that you find in a child, in a teen, in an adult, in a senior that you need to work on. You know, um, one of the things that, that people talk about is, and I, you know, I think everyone knows that uh, uh, Dustin Johnson worked on his wedges because it was a weakness for him. Well, 
I guess that's good. But I really think sometimes, especially when you're first starting, to work on the things that you're good. If you're good driving the ball, go get yourself and start hitting some drivers. If you're good at chipping the ball, which is really important, get yourself into hitting the chip and loving the chip, loving the short game, loving the putter. Whatever it is you're good at, make sure you get some some pats on the back about. And then at that point, start working on the things that maybe need a little work. Just remember, he was <laughs> he'd already won a number of times before he started worrying about his wedge being so bad. And now it's not so bad. Right. And Jack, one of the, one of the sort of things that, uh, that we need to develop is a pre-shot routine. How do you take your students and help them develop what's going to work for them and their pre-shot routines? Uh, Chris, I need your help because I can't remember the name of the tournament that, that Billy, um, Oh my gosh, can't remember his name now. <laughs> Billy Herschel uh, won it. Billy Herschel, yeah. Uh, he was. If you watched his golf swing, you could see the shots he was about to miss because of his 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 takeaway and his and, and his and his pre-shot routine. He got a little quick. It got a little outside. It got a little open. Not on the same swing, but each time that he missed, you knew it was going to happen before he even what started down towards the ball. The pre-shot routine is so important. You've got to sit there and you've got to make a, first of all, you've got to commit to the shot. You've got to understand what you, why this is the shot you're going to play. And even if it's the wrong one, you've got to commit to making it happen and making it work. Sometimes things don't, everything isn't exactly the way you want it. A perfect lie, a right-to-left shot instead of a left-to-right, which is your bread and butter. You've got, or maybe you just got to hit it straight. You know, you've got to figure out the shot envision it, say, yeah, that's what I'm going to make happen to this golf ball. Visualize it, feel it maybe in your pre-shot without waggles, which I think that's what he he did, and then let it happen. You can see when these guys under pressure how sometimes they got a little quick and they ended up not as happy as he wanted to be. I don't think that he necessarily missed the green, but he didn't get it closer to the hole, it didn't move the way he wanted it to because he was a little bit anxious. So get rid of the anxiety. Let everything happen the way it's supposed to and decide on your pre-shot routine. And the most important thing, I think, is make sure it's always the same and it's always the same time. I think somebody came out with and timed Tiger to two point some seconds that he's over the ball when he's putting or whatever it is, you know, Every time you want to be the same so that you're using the same golf swing every time, the same putting stroke every time. I think that's really big-time stuff. Once you've got a golf swing that's repetitive, now you need to have a pre-shot routine. And let's take that a half a step further, Jack, because you talk about committing to the shot. And I think that's where a lot of, at least we amateurs, we weekend hackers, go wrong. We're, we're indecisive. The next thing you know, we're decelerating, you know, on uh, whether it's the putt or even even on our chip shots. And uh, the next thing you know, we're chunking it, we're blading it, you know, we're, we're sculling it, whatever. That is something that I think that, that we need help with is um, being decisive and just whatever the shot. And you said this a moment ago, whatever the shot is, you're going to decide to try to hit. Just go ahead and hit it. Because that indecision is going to lead to the bad shot that you've already envisioned in your head. Oh, my gosh, is that right on? I mean, how many times, and you don't have to be an amateur. You can be a professional on tour 
you get to the top of the swing and you start down, you're like, oh my God, is this, a, is, what's up? To, uh, what? Red alert, red alert. <laughs> and <laughs> then you hit, then you hit the ball and you say, oh my God, look at that. It's going where it's supposed to go. And you don't know how it happened. And other times you do everything absolutely right. You feel solid through the whole thing. And there it goes off on its own. It's like, it's like is that a golf ball? I wonder what was supposed to happen. And, you know, that happens in life. And golf is the closest thing we have to the game, closest game to the thing we have that's life, I think. And whatever you decide to do, do your best at it, and then let it go. And then go to the next shot and do it again. If you keep on playing, you're going to hit a good shot, and it's going to suck you in the plane again. And that's a good thing, because this game is awesome. You make friends, you make acquaintances, you can get involved in business with it. You get people will know whether they like you, just don't get to know your personality. This game's awesome. But by all means, just keep playing. And the committing to the shot is really important. Um, but don't fret if you don't do it. Just work on your mental side and, and try to commit and then try to make it happen. Don't try to change things at, the, at, at, at impact. Just let things go. And remember one thing, this is supposed to be fun and that we're playing golf. I know people like to use golf as a verb, but I like using the term playing golf because it reminds us that this is play and it's fun. That's Yeah, that's great advice right there. And Jack, just a couple of more before I let you go. And one of the other things a lot of us amateurs do that gets us in trouble is we have a million swing thoughts. You get behind the ball and I got to move this and I got to, you know, keep this in. I got to tuck that over and I got to get this back and then I got to keep my head still. And, you know, all those things kind of going through our minds that make the, the game mechanical and we get ourselves confused and that sort of thing. What do you tell your, whether it's your junior players or just anyone coming to get instruction from you? Is there a swing thought? Is there one swing thought? What do you try to tell them to do? There, there are books called Swing Thoughts, <laughs> and it, if I remember correctly, I have one around here somewhere in the paperback form, and it was a conglomeration of, or a collection of swing thoughts that the person had the week that he won on tour. Now, I'm sure that they use that same swing, swing thought other weeks and were not as successful as that week when they won. But the one thing that does happen when you have one swing thought that you're thinking of, whatever it is you and your coach and your PGA professional come up with for you, that you stick to it and you feel the progress in your golf swing and your golf game, whether it's relaxing or whether it's getting excited or whether whatever it is that you all come up with, oh, my gosh, I said y'all. I haven't been in Alabama <laughs> that long, and I'm saying y'all. <laughs> but whatever you come up with, I mean, stick to it. You can always change it for the next round. But for right now, let's see how this works. Because if you don't follow through, you're never going to know where you are. And I think that's something that's really important. I mean, you've got to know uh, I'm 5'5". Five five. I'm not going to be the center. At a, at a, and, 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 I mean, it's going to be really short people if I'm the center in a basketball game. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. i got to be the guard. i got to have a three-point shot. If I have a three-point shot, then that's my strength, and i got to go to it when I'm open, when it's the right time. Otherwise, I dish it off and get it to somebody else, and I get the assist. You can't be what you're not. You've got to know what you are. You've got to find out what your strengths are, and as I said before, and work on them and get really, really good at those. 
And eventually you work on the things that you're not so good at. Uh, grabbing rebounds was all about boxing out for me. <laughs> Everybody was going to get up there higher than I was. <laughs> well, Jack, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. The thing, One of the things, one of the many things I love about you is how enthusiastic and positive you are. You alone make the game more fun, and I can't thank you enough for doing that. I'm sure your students feel the exact same way. Let our listeners know, how can they follow you and stay up to date with all the great things you do? Well, I, I, I am on Facebook, but I really don't have an online presence beyond that. It's just Jack Deal. Me and my puppy dog were over there all the time. Um, and I'm at, I'm at Craystone, so my, my focus is 100% on the on the, the my team at Greystone and my members that we need to take care of and find another way to make the place even better. Um, that's what we do. We we challenge ourselves every day to find another way to, to make somebody smile and to make somebody happy, and that's what it's all about. Make sure they have fun so they want to come back and do this again. Uh, I love it when someone says, hey, I, I didn't realize that, that this golf course, this golf was so much fun. I've been a house member, and I want to play. And that you know that's that's really awesome because this game has been so good to me. It's had me meet so many people like Dave Kirkendall and and Steve Smith at at Craystone that I I would have the ability and the I've been able to come down here and, and join them and and work with them. It's fun and I love it. But other than that, I really don't know how to get in touch with myself except for Facebook. <laughs> so that's I, I have a hard time getting in touch with me. I, I, I'm not in touch. But uh, I always love coming on your show. You're a wonderful host. You're always totally prepared. You know, I always find out something new about me. And then uh, you're always fun, and I like having fun. Oh, and you make this show fun every time you come on, my friend. I can't thank you enough for that. I hope uh, I get the privilege of catching up with you again real soon. In between now and then, stay safe and keep, uh, keep people coming into this game. Because I think everybody I will, you but touch one last shout out. does it. Yes, sir. One, one last shout out. Sorry to, to our friend Jack Curry, who just had a birthday on Monday. From indeed. Yeah, happy birthday, Jack! I hope you're listening. I hope he and is again, too. Chris, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, Jack. Take care, my friend. Stay safe out there. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Very good. Bye bye. See you, Jack. That's the great Jack Deal. Uh, D-I-E-H-L is how you uh, spell his last name, and uh, you can find him, and he talks about his pup, Fanny. And you, you got to go check them out on Facebook and give, uh, give Jack and Fanny a follow. They're, uh, they're good folks, and like I say, the, Jack is a great instructor. But uh, you know, one of the great things that I love about him is just how absolutely positive he is all the time, and, uh, and, it's, and it's, uh, it's catchy. His enthusiasm is catchy. His positivity is catchy. And we need a whole lot more of that uh, in this world, particularly in, uh, in 2020. Look forward to catching up with Jack again, uh, like I say, hopefully real soon. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks go out to Rick Sessinghouse, Paul Stankowski, and Jack Dale for joining me tonight. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net, to keep up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. Next week, scheduled to join me here on the show, our, our resident director of instruction, Tom Patry, will be back. One of the great legends on the tour, Chip Beck, is going to make his first appearance with me here. 
and the uh, superintendent of Eastlake Golf Club here in Atlanta, side of the Tour Championship, Ralph Keppel, will be back with me again. Looking forward to catching up with Ralph. Folks, you can stream this show as a podcast on a number of great podcasting sites like podcast.co, that's .co, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, Player.fm, Radio.com. If you've got a favorite uh, podcasting site, we're probably on it. I can't thank you enough, folks, for choosing to listen to the show again tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you continue to make us part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.